0: And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.
1: Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 963. This episode brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Uh, the world's largest professional network, also the better way to find great talent. Okay, so maybe you post to job boards and maybe you cross your fingers that you're going to find the right person for the job, but how often do you check job boards? For most people, never or very occasionally, but... There is a place, and I know you've heard of it, where uh, professional people go to explore job opportunities. Seventy percent of the U.S. workforce is in there. It's LinkedIn. Uh, Just ask any of the hundreds of thousands of businesses who've posted to LinkedIn jobs over the past year. And because LinkedIn considers skills, experiences, location, and more to match or promote your job to potential candidates – Businesses rate LinkedIn jobs 40% higher than job boards at Delivering Quality Candidates. 22 million professionals view and apply to jobs on LinkedIn every week in every industry. If you're not using LinkedIn for your hiring needs, then you may not be getting the right people. So go to LinkedIn.com slash ID10T to get a $50 credit toward your first job post. That's LinkedIn.com slash ID10T for your $50 credit today. Terms and conditions apply. Um, Let's see. What do I got? Oh, hey. I'm going to do a uh, show in Seat- Seattle uh, at the Neptune. Uh, I don't know why I had to say it like <laughs> a British chimney sweep. But uh, that's October 26th. So I want to do sort of like – I want people to come in costume. I want to give out candy. I, wanna, I want it to feel like it's Halloween weekend, which it is. So um, those tickets are on uh, Ticketmaster right now, uh, Seattle, Neptune Theater, October 26th. Katie, what do you have on the
2: corkboard? We got a couple cool things. Uh, Bobek Ferdosi, who works at JPL, you might know him. He's at Tweets Out Loud on Twitter, and he's got the cool hair. He writes, uh, have you ever wanted to build your own robot or learn about electronics? Mindmakers is a nonprofit dedicated to providing hands-on engineering education to new adult learners. They've developed a free curriculum that can teach people with zero-tech background, electrical, mechanical, and software engineering. They're even designing kits to let you build fun projects at home. They're having a party coming up this Sunday afternoon, June 3rd in L.A., where they're showing off some of their designs, including robotic photo booth that puts lighting camera angles and wind in your hair, plus interactive dance floor and, and, and food, drinks, entertainment and souvenirs. You can check out event dot mindmakersproject.org for tickets and info and it sounds like a lot of fun
1: fantastic uh
2: also the spca of la is having a big adoption event this saturday june 2nd in long beach all adoption fees will be reduced 50 percent and there'll be a meet and greet with djs from klos kabc giveaways auctions food trucks and more so go to spcala.com for more info
1: this episode is my friend Allie ward who is a genius And a brilliant presenter and just an all-around wonderful human being. Um, She does a podcast you should listen to called Ologies, which is fantastic. Uh, She's also on Innovation Nation on CBS every Saturday. And she has new uh, Netflix shows coming out soon. But she's the best. Uh, Such a wonderful, thoughtful, intelligent human being promoting good science in the world. And uh, someone who's just... Very easy to talk to, and very open, and very um, it just just makes you feel okay. She's but just I, awesome. she is the best. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm so honored and proud to be her friend, Allie Ward. And so you should support any and everything that she does. And she's fantastic on this episode of the podcast as well. Um, this episode also brought to you by Mattress Firm. Uh, if you're struggling to get to sleep, which a lot of us are, then the fine people at Mattress Firm want to help. They are America's neighborhood mattress store. They're going to help you stretch your budget a little bit further when you're looking for ways to improve your sleep. These are mattress experts, but also they're going to help you build your bed from headboard to adjustable bases to sheets. They even have decor. So they have you covered in any way that you want, both literally and figuratively. Plus, if you go to mattressfirm.com, you'll save 10% with the code PODCAST10, podcast and the number 10, through June 5th. Matches Firm offers a 120-night sleep trial to ensure perfection and a 120-night low-price guarantee, so you know you paid the perfect price. Go to MattressFirm.com to learn how your sleeping could be tremendously improved. Also, Black Tux, sponsoring this episode of the ID10T podcast, the easy way for guys to rent suits and tuxedos online. Um, whether you're going in for a stylist-selected outfit or building a custom look, the Black Tux has tons of new suits and tuxedos to choose from from any of your big events. You know, it's, we're, we're getting into summer now, so I've seen a lot of wedding posts oh, on Instagram. Yeah. There are a lot of... People are getting married and you can rent a new tux droves.
2: every time you go to a wedding. Every like, time cool, you every go to time.
1: a wedding. They're, they can change up your look. They can make it fun to try out different suits and tuxedos. Even if you have your own suit, switching it up to black tux is always a great idea. And then you're not wearing the same thing yeah. every single time. Uh, and they have a new fit algorithm where you don't have to awkwardly measure yourself or ask a friend for help. They're going to do it for you. Plus, the Black Tux free home try-on lets you see the fit and feel the quality of your suit months before whatever your event is. After ordering, your suit's going to arrive 14 days before your event. And returns are very simple. You wear it. You turn all those heads at the (laughs) event of your choosing and then send it back three days after the event. Shipping is free. Both ways. Stand out at your event for the right reasons with the Black Tux. To get $20 off your purchase, visit the slash ID10T. That's theblacktux.com slash ID10T for 20 bucks off your purchase. The Black Tux premium rental suits and tuxedos delivered. Here's the ID10T podcast number 963. Oh, I like that. 963. 963. Oh, yeah. 963 going backwards. <laughs> oh, God, that just that makes my math heart happy. 963. And the fact that it's an Allie Ward podcast. It's
2: perfect. It just was destined to be this.
1: (laughs) Allie Ward, episode 963 of the ID10T podcast. Katie, roll the 963.
0: Initiating ID10T protocol.
1: So, here's what happened. Almost a year ago, we were up in our bedroom, and I was looking... I actually just talk about this in the podcast, because it's kind of a fun story. But a year ago...
0: Yeah, that's cool.
1: We were um, we we're up in our bedroom, and we were looking down, de- and I, I just kind of glanced out the window and looked in the pool and thought I saw something at the bottom of the pool. I'm like, that looks like a thing. Okay. And I, I turned around, and I was like... I think there's something in the – and I didn't get that sentence out of my head before Lydia, like, whipped her clothes off, threw a bathing suit on, and was, like, already out the door. By the time I started heading to the door, she was diving into the pool. And when I got down there – I have pictures of it. She had this, this lizard. this, And you can see it. It's, like, a pretty good-sized lizard. Yeah, yeah. And she <laughs> – it's the sweetest thing I've ever seen. She was like trying to massage water out of it, and she had just like, she had just pinched its little mouth and she was trying to blow into it. And I go, What are you doing? And she was like, I'm trying to give it some kind of mouth to mouth. And I go, Lids, it's not like he was, it looked like he was just at the bottom of the pool. He's not moving. Right. But she managed to get a little bit of water out of him, and it, he just, he was gone.
0: Okay, he didn't cough. And he say, did, did not cough so and
1: was like, Bla, blah, blah, blah. Like, How great would that be? He was just gone. And so, um, you know we we have like museum style taxidermy in the house a lot of it's old like vintage i've noticed and then the the ones that aren't were never you know like they like these guys were not killed to be taxidermy they either died naturally or they you know were Found or whatever it was.
0: How do you know? Do they give you a certificate? Do they sign like sign off? Like? Well, a
1: lot of these places, unless you're buying vintage, unless you're buying vintage where you you know, like, well, this is you know, this is really really old. Um, y- yeah, yeah. They like the places that we would get it from. Say, like, they know where it came from. Like, it wasn't like, oh, we just shot this thing because fuck him. Um, I
0: feel like old ones though were all like strangled by someone's great uncle. Like- they
1: probably were, but. I feel like they, in that case, I go like, well, they would have been dead by now. Like, it was, you know, very true. 80, 90, 100 years ago. But, so, so, so this guy, and uh, so we, we didn't save him, but I thought it was such a sweet thing that she was trying to do. So, uh, I, we, I put him in a little bag and um, put him in the freezer and then sent him to a taxidermist who then, I, I got this, like, St. George skull uh, this little Saint George and the Dragon skull, and uh, and they wrapped him around, oh. and it took like eight or nine months to get it done.
0: I bet. I wonder if they're if, you know, how do you know they didn't lose it and it's a different one? <laughs> Hopefully, that didn't happen. I weirdly remember it. You're like, oh, I know this face. I yeah, know this guy. It's, it's an. an alli- it's my friend. It's an alligator lizard, and I'm impressed that neither one of you just blew it off as like a pool turd, because like I, at the bottom of a from afar, yeah. it's just a little brown little guy. Yeah yeah those guys must have been just bust ha- have been parched just kneeling down for a sip
1: and then and then fell in I know and then was just and then just didn't you know just but didn't make
0: it That's a baller move of Lydia to just straight up magical mermaid it where she's like, watch this a, I'm going to die for this thing of the bottom of the pool B I'm going to bring it back to life. She maybe. tried
1: she really yeah. tried she tried to bring it back to life and then ultimately it just he just didn't make it so now you know he's a permanent permanent fixture in our in our home.
0: He's a beautiful thing. Do you name it or no?
1: You know we don't have a name yet. Oh. I wonder what we should.
0: Uh... Do you name any of your texts? Drowny? No. Drowny?
1: <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't uh, know.
1: Neptune. Don't know what we're Neptune's a pretty great name. Titan. Uh, I don't know, because she really did. You know, she really did try to save him, and uh, and now, but now we saved him forever.
0: I got a couple of those. I always have a couple of dead things in my freezer.
1: You do? Oh yeah, yeah. I, what do you have?
0: Um, right now, I have a, a mantis that I tried to revive. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it did not work out. <laughs> so every time I go to like get some frozen vegetables, I'm reminded that I'm like, oh, sorry, buddy. And I haven't pinned it or anything, but it's just in there. And um, you always have to warn someone who's going for ice who's come over, like. Ooh. By uh, the way, Ooh.
1: now by the way, I, and me by the way, I know this because for years. I had boxes of unpinned insects in my fridge that I bought at the Bug Fair, which the Insect Fair which happens at the Museum of Natural History here Love in Los it. Angeles in May. And I bought them years ago and it's so much fun because you really go through and it's 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 like a produce section. It's it's like a <laughs> it's like, a, it's, like a, it's like a street fair where you're like, "Oh, I want, you know, I want that stick insect and I want this longhorn beetle and I want this colossus beetle. And, uh, and they pull it out and you have your little box and they pin it in for you. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of up to you to mount it. And I just yeah. never did.
0: That's what happens. I feel like a lot of people go in with those intentions. They're like, I'm sick of buying my bugs from like high top shelf retailers. I'm in this enough where I'm going to go in, I'm going to get a straight pinned. It's going to be, it's going to be like alfresco commando. They're just going to give me the pin. I got this. And then you, yeah, you walk around with like essentially like a pizza box full of pinned insects (laughs) and you're just like, and there's one million kids and you're like, please don't bump my land. Please don't bump. bump." These are very fragile. (laughs)
1: Well, because what you realize is that. It, you 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 think it's you, you see pinned insects and you go well how hard is this uh, and then you forget that it's like trying to it, they're like they're like stiff tissue paper yeah and the you know like to, so to see to see preserved insects where the legs and the antenna have not fallen off is like that's real artistry behind yeah
0: that. that's a feat yeah. I I once lived in a place because I've had a bug collection for years I remember one of the first things I bought of any value after I moved to LA it was a huge purchase for me it was $65 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which back then I think I was living in like a Culver City apartment for like $400 a month yep. or something. Um, $65 on something that I couldn't eat was egregious. I was like, if I can't eat this in the apocalypse, I should not be spending money. <laughs> but it was $65 I saved up, and I was like, whoo! and it's this, uh, it's like four beetles, like a Goliath beetle and a rhinoceros beetle, and I, I bought it. Um, It was like my first bug in my bug collection, and so, you know, I've gotten a bunch of them as gifts, and, you know, over the years I'll find something, you know, under a desk and be like, I'll put it in Mm-hmm. and so now i have this bug collection but um i had <laughs> i lived in this apartment once where the ceiling collapsed and oh my um, god which was like la what are you going to do it was a real nightmare don't don't was get there
1: me wrong. an earthquake or your ceiling was just like i'm done
0: no, it rained for about 5 minutes and then in LA roofs are like, well, that's enough.
1: <laughs> so it just What is this? <laughs> I quit.
0: I lived in like this like kind of this like shack in Silver Lake, but it was um the ceiling started to blister and it just became like this big boil and I was like this is this is not going to end well. Oh no. And I so I stood there with my phone recording it and I just waited for it to rupture and it did and it was spectacular. <laughs> it was just it was just the muddiest grossest water. Anyway, so my landlord at the time had disappeared into, like, rehab or something, and he got these two guys that he met in Narcotics Anonymous to fix the roof. And one of them was so kind, um, he left me some dead bugs on the doorstep oh, at one point. Nice. And I was like, oh. So I came home to, like, some moldy dead bugs in a frame. Let me ask you
1: a question. The people who yeah. fixed your roof, were they cats?
0: They were not cat. Okay,
1: because that's a cat move.
0: That's a cat move. Uh, it was not a hot tin roof okay. at all. Uh,
1: uh, well played.
0: They were not. I wouldn't call them proficient in the art of roofing.
1: Okay, I all think right.
0: technically they were plumbers.
1: They were they were roofish. They
0: were roof adjacent. Let's just say. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I and I had I held those. I'm a floor
1: guy, but that's just an inverse roof.
0: Hey, yeah, it's just turning it on its head. It's a was different was kind a, of art.
1: was a big boy? I don't understand.
0: Water in a pipe, water through your roof. What's the big, problem? I don't understand. What's the problem? <laughs> Here's a problem. dead bug. Here's a dead bug but i got it i held i held on to them for a while and then at one point i was like these are moldy and they give me a little bit of the creeps yeah so i went in the dumpster yeah but um but yeah i've tried to pin my own you sometimes all you need is an ikea frame and some steady hands
1: that's true and and i and i do know that there are ways like where you know if, if the butterfly is is folded up and it's in the wax paper then you you know like put it in like you put wet paper towels on top of the wax paper and that hydrates it mm-hmm. so that you can move it but it's a real Puzzle box to keep that thing, you know, together when you really start pinning it.
0: Just do me a favor. Mm-hmm. Don't do any other kind of taxidermy. Stop at bugs. Stop at bugs. Stop at bugs. Yeah. I yeah. learned that the hard way. Don't
1: find squirrels and uh, and then just decide, like, I, I want to have this forever. Now, we sent this to a professional... Who we did not say. Well, we're going to just fix this lizard on here ourselves. This little alligator lizard. So uh, you, you use a professional.
0: Get a pro. I saw through some antlers once, and I regretted the decision immediately. <laughs> oh no! I was like, I was like, I have relatives in Montana, and so they—they're just skulls of plenty up there. And they were like, we heard you, city girl, like. Like a skull. And I was like, I would love to put like a deer skull on my and they're Like, we found this in a field, not killed, mm-hmm. sitting in the shed. Do you want it? And I was like, sure. So I put it in my luggage, and then I remember in the airport being like, Do I have? I should tell someone. <laughs> does it-, it doesn't say
1: TSA, no skulls,
0: does I it? I mean, carry on, carry on. Is yeah. that a problem? I no. don't know, but it's f- like flesh still on the skull. So I was like, eh. So I told someone, and they-, they had to like radio four different supervisors because they're like, We don't know how to handle this. Like, they're like, Tina, what do we-, we got? We a skull and a thing. There's a <laughs> some bitches here with a. And so I got it home to California, and then I was like, I'll just, I guess, ooh, I'll just like saw off the air antlers like
1: question mark
0: and i had a hacksaw and so oh my gosh dude
1: so don't do that not recommended what happened
0: that smells real bad <laughs> smells real bad and i had it i like didn't have a workspace at the time so i was just like i guess you just do this in the bathtub, probably? That's.
1: I mean, that seems like a great place to saw an antler.
0: Right? It's a catch-all spot. Of course. So anyway, it smells real bad. And when you're about one minute into it, you're like, abort, 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 abort. <laughs> How but far then, did you get? I got all the way because uh, I, I was like determined. But I, I mentioned it to my dad. I was like, he's like, hey, what would you do with the skull that uh, Cousin Stacy gave you? And um, I was like, I mounted it. I had to saw through it. And he's like, oh, yeah, that smells real bad, huh? Uh, and I was like,
1: how do you know that? You could have warned a person. You could have
0: warned. It. So, yeah, consult a professional.
1: So, you know, this is – we're going to be revolving around the idea that this – you know, our love of insects, our love of these types of things is because we love science. And I'm yes. sure like me and my wife, you probably always wanted to live in a museum, which is why our house oh. looks the way that it does.
0: Yeah, your house is very museum-esque. <laughs> it's so... Like, even if you were just like, we're just going to roll on on empty audio, I'd be like, that's cool. I'm coming over anyway just to look her out. But it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, my and my place is like that, too. Everything is... Um, yeah, just bug diagrams on the wall and like old vials of rattlesnake rattles and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. And was has Lydia always been into that as as well as she always been like
1: yes and what was interesting is when we started dating i noticed there was one the first christmas we were a couple we gave each other the exact oh like three or four presents there was like a piece of vintage taxidermy uh-huh. there was like an ince- a framed insect there, it was like it was crazy we came we like oh my <laughs> god well here you know it was like that kind of thing and so when we got married i you know someone you know people sort of say that hacky thing like oh did your wife make you give up all your nerd shit and i was like no our both of our collections doubled <laughs> so that was kind of that was kind of do nice.
0: you still have a place in the basement where all your action figures are though be honest
1: uh, i'll show you the basement there are the basement is a collection of cuz that's where we made that the TV room and it's half lydia's horror prop collection oh my god that's right and half my animation cell and disney Collection, so it just like all together, you know, makes a whole. Th- and there's a TARDIS down there. Damn. Yeah, I know. This is
0: a good merger. It's a
1: good. It was a good partnership. <laughs> we merged the two kingdoms.
0: That's so. I, it's great that you guys got each other. You're like, we're so on brand right now. Like you know, like you get it. I get, I think when you when you like a thing, like when you like science, when you like natural history stuff, like people that know you well like know what to get you do you know what I mean yes, like, yes. and that's so it, that you feel so seen you're like
1: huh? well yeah and I and I don't think she had ever dated like a legitimate nerd guy before and I think she'd probably just dated like actor guys or whatever and so she rarely let people come up to her apartment because she was just like oh people are just going to think I'm weird Oh, and I was like
0: no Wrong, the wrong people.
1: You found your tribe. I mean,
0: whether or not it's a new boyfriend or your plumber roofer, (laughs) it's just nice to be appreciated.
1: I mean, I I actually loved. The other thing I like to do is I like to collect, you know, t-shirts from science museums and aquariums and and so I always I always get I wore this one especially for this podcast.
0: Oh my god, it's puffins. It's so great. Yeah, it's
1: puffins the uh, National Aquarium of Baltimore, which is a really <sighs> old. This was actually a pretty I bought this as vintage, but um, That's dope. But, you know, there the the thing that I always want to say to some of these institutions is like get better artists because like some of the t-shirts just look like oh, you just like went to Cafe Press or whatever and just put a couple words on a shirt. Right. But this, you, there, there, there could be like a really cool design to this and then you would appeal to the design nerds and then they would wear your information. I your know. Thing.
0: Like the time for clip art on shirts. is past. <laughs> like over. We're past that.
1: Please, guys. No more.
0: Did you know the thing about um, porgs being puffins? Did you read that? No. So apparently, did, Kay, you know what I'm talking about. So apparently they when they were shooting the last Star Wars, they were like, what are we going to do with all these puffins? we got so many puffins. So they're like, I don't know, man, turn them into porgs.
1: That, so those are actually puffins. A lot
0: of them in the background are just extras, like poor or uh, puffins that just would not get out of the shot. I like, like to
1: imagine that they're like Andy Circus puffins who put on like a full green <laughs> mocap suit and like little ball, like green balls, all that map their little yep.
0: heads. God, I'm in the background yeah. getting a daily uh, wage. So just
1: be a puffin? That's what I need to do? What's yep. my motivation? You're a puffin. Okay.
0: But apparently and I haven't seen I haven't seen the latest Star Wars. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. What the I know, but i really want to see it for the puffins. I just haven't got around to it. <laughs> I
1: haven't I know, got shit's around busy. to it. Shit's busy. I know. But I but I was excited to have you on because you uh you are a like minded um. Workaholic, go getter, your Instagram feed <laughs> stresses me out so much. Oh, no. From the sen- in the sense that I, I used to think I traveled a lot, and I'm like every other day you're in some different vista. Where it's like, oh, here I now I'm in the wilderness, and now I'm in this city, and now I'm in a cave, and here's some, you know. I mean, just can you just for people listening, kind of <laughs> list everything that you're working on right now. Oh,
0: God. I do. Uh, I should tell. Also, I did go to a Workaholics Anonymous meeting. I went to, I went to one. Of <laughs> I went to one. And then there were like Monday nights. And I was like, got it. See you guys next Monday. Got it. Don't work too hard. I'm on it. And then every single Monday since then, I've had something going on. And I have not been back. It's been months.
1: Who runs this meeting? They all go, I, I do. do. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, everyone's got a... You know,
0: but I didn't realize that like workaholism was like an actual. I thought it was just something that you used to like to say that you are hustling. Like I'm so good. But it's it actually colloquially yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: But there is there is a real thing behind, and it all it all it all revolves kind of around the same thing of just you know like running away from problems and trying to distract yourself with you know whatever it is booze alcohol sex drugs work you know right. But I just. And I knew that when I got sober, I knew like I, I think I'm gonna throw myself into work while I try to figure out why I want to do that because I, I at least if I'm gonna obsess about something at least I want to build something constructive
0: right and you can monetize that usually it's like a <laughs> deficit on the all the, everything else costs money
1: but most people don't get paid yeah. to drink
0: that's 15 very hours true a day. I yeah. have gotten I have gotten paid to drink working for Cooking Channel but that's a separate, that's story. A separate <laughs> story
1: that's very specific yeah. yeah
0: um but yeah I mean I think I. There's something about when you really love what you do and you you come to the city to do it and... It's you know I wanted to work in TV and film since I was twelve. So it's just like when you're here, you're just gonna take. It's like being at a buffet of you just gonna load up your plate with as much stuff right. as you can. Right. So I think I'm kind of like that. But um, I've worked on a science show for CBS for the last four years called uh, Innovation Nation. That's mm-hmm. with Mo Rocca from The Daily Show. So I travel around a ton for that and I interview like engineers and like the rocket scientists who invented the Super Soaker and the guy who created oh, wow. you know 3D printing and uh, and all these amazing inventors. I I travel around a bunch for that, and then um, oh my gosh, this year I'm just started a new Netflix show. That's a science show too, so I'm shooting in in New York and LA for that. And then um, I just did a year um, working with GE and Adam Savage yeah, from MythBusters. Yeah, I saw those. Yeah, and was touring all over the world, like learning about like renewable energy and crazy uh, jet engines and all this cool stuff. Um, and then I have my podcast, Ologies, mm-hmm. which is like the most fervent hustle of all of them because it's just so much work, but
1: I love it the most. So Ologies is basically every episode is a different field of study. Yeah. And are, or was there your point where you're like, we're going to run out of Ologies. But there's, pro- there's probably a near infinite number of Ologies. There's
0: so many. It's What was the staggering. one that surprised you the most? Oh, my God. Um, there's one that's Poganology, which is the study of beards. Oh, wow. And I'm like, why and who, where? why sure i have yet to find a pugnologist. um i just interviewed a toothologist who's a squid scientist and we talked all about like invisibility cloaks Holy and shit. microbiomes and uh our octopuses uh to possibly alien dna involved right um and i talked to a mythologist this last week that was really cool so it's not all science like i'll throw in cosmetology or mythology in there too Who was it i
1: think it was Michio kaku was he the one that said that Alien life probably resembles something like an octopod.
0: I don't know who said that. I don't know, but that's, I mean, I did ask the toothologist. I was like, octopus DNA, like, give me the skinny.
1: i mean let's talk i you know, mean
0: right. off mic like they're <laughs> aliens right like you can tell me and she was like apparently so they they sequenced a genome of an octopus and they were like oh man that's crazy it's like almost like an alien and then everyone's like everyone went back to their typewriters and like breaking news right octopuses aliens
1: so um did you leave any part of that out yeah. no nope. <laughs> no just getting the scoop oh verbatim aliens <laughs> Well, he just said that there's a lot of different – nope, those nope. are aliens. that's it. Yep.
0: Um, but the coolest thing about – I think every every person that I talk to, every ologist I talk to was so passionate about what they do. Like they're almost obsessed with a singular field, a lot of them. And, and it's great to hear when, when that started, what happened in childhood that made them so into like spiders or fish or um, – or cosmetics or the cosmos or whatever. I had Katie Mack on, who's like this amazing cosmologist, astrophysicist. And um, and so talking to each of them about why they like what they do and kind of distilling what they know down into like cocktail party facts. You know, like you don't have to walk away from each episode like knowing everything, but just understanding why it's important. And usually I throw in a bunch of like self-help stuff in there
1: too.
2: Of course. <laughs> That's
1: great. Because, you know, I think that um, interdisciplinary... Study of, you know, taking bits and pieces of different fields and kind of like how can I apply this? This I mean that's just innovative. And if you could do that for yourself, oh for real, don't see any reason to not to not do that.
0: Yeah, I end up learning something from each of them. Like you know, I had a thanatologist on who studies death and dying. She's like dual certified. She's into death. Her mission is to change the way people die. She wants people to not be so afraid of death to live life um, in a way that is more authentic to who they are. Because you know we talked a lot about like on people's deathbeds they're they're really they're so regretful of how they weren't themselves their whole life. And so her mission is to have us be less afraid of death, confront it while we're still alive instead of just like waiting for it to sneak up on us, like getting you know wearing white jeans and getting your period or something, just like a nightmare. <laughs> That's like how I view death. It's just like <laughs> every day, in my jeans. every day you're wearing and you're like, am I going to spill mustard on this? Am I going to get my period? What's going to happen? So it's just like confront a head on, <laughs> be prepared and um, don't live your life in fear. And so I end up and I had a sports psychologist on who talked all about like performance anxiety and preparation before big events. And it's just crazy. Like it's very selfish. It's so selfish of me. I will go into each one being like, here's what I need help
1: with. <laughs> well, but the reason I think that's really important is because. that makes it very personal to you and that's what's different between just listening to someone interrogate someone (laughs) versus have a real conversation. And then that, and then you're actually, you're actually sort of taking like an emotional applied science approach where like, okay, so what, you know, what can we learn from this? What can we learn from this outside of just the facts about the octopus or the facts about death or the facts about beards? Like what can we learn (laughs) To be better people, or to and and so and so, you're you're essentially the vessel for for your listeners for that. So I think, by all means, you have you have to do that because that's what'll keep you curious and interested.
0: Right. I think that that's like I I got to be friends with a lot of scientists. I started uh, volunteering at the Natural History Museum a couple years ago because I was just so depressed. I was so, I ha- I hit this like nadir. Personally, professionally, everything was great. I had a new show on. I was doing press for it. I had, like, a spread in Cosmo magazine where it's like, look at Allie Ward. What an entertainer at home. Like, this is
1: like... <laughs> How does she do it? Yeah,
0: like, look at her tray of melon wedges and whatever. And then, in, but inside my dad... White jeans,
2: period. No yeah, problem.
0: <laughs> I'm ready for it. <laughs> but in my real life, I was just like, my dad had just been diagnosed with cancer and he's doing well and just FYI, which is great. Um, great. And... Uh, I interviewed a, someone who specializes in his kind of cancer as well, which was very therapeutic. But, um, I, you know, i just gone through this really sad breakup that just devastated me. And so I was really, like, shiny on and happy on Instagram. But just inside, I was, like, just doubled over crying all the time. And so I, I went on a tour of the Natural History Museum. And they're like, you should volunteer here. And I was like, Psh, sure. Um, and I ended up just going to orientation. I was like, okay, sign me up. So I just started going, like, one week one morning of the week just because I needed to be somewhere else I wanted to be somewhere that didn't have to do anything with work it was just like little kids like looking at frogs and you know older people volunteering because they just want to get out of the house and so I started doing that and I met all these scientists and I realized that like scientists are so human and we never see that side of them we only see like a blurb in a press release or you know maybe a, a talking head about you know talking about climate change for two seconds right. on CNN but they're they're gross and hilarious and they swear all the time and they drink <laughs> and they have they have weird personal lives and they and so I part of my thing with ologies is I just wanted to to show the human side of who's doing the science that's not like there's not this clear divide of like there are regular people and then there are scientists it's like no there are scientists are very regular normal people and they have these great stories to tell
1: that's so important because I think it narrows the gap for people who maybe are interested in science that's right They're Like, oh I'm not like that guy I saw on TV it's like we don't have to be like that person you can be yourself and also you know, do this.
0: A hundred percent. And I think that the, there's this weird thing about science where people think that it's so binary. It's, it's, you're wrong or you're right. And scientists are right. And the beautiful thing about science is that it's the, the path to knowledge is paved with failures. Mm-hmm. It's like experimentation is failure after failure. And I think that once you've realized that science becomes much more approachable and curiosity becomes more important than knowledge i think that's the thing that i really have loved doing about ologies is that it's curiosity that gets shit done Mm -hmm. not knowing stuff because you're not going to know anything unless you're curious and so you end up getting to apply that to all these things in your life like maybe um you know i don't have the knowledge of what mattress to buy but the fact that i care is fine (laughs) you know what i mean like so i think just uh being curious and asking people questions and not being ashamed of not knowing things is, is how you live like this better life. And so I've found that, you know, episode after episode, I've gotten, a, you know, a little bit better at that, but I'm always just, I'm always really inspired by, by people who tell me about their failures on the way to, to learning great things.
1: Yeah. Because you know, there, there's such a stigma to failure Yeah, and I mean, or even how we perceive or define failure, but ultimately if you didn't have failures, you would not learn, nor would you appreciate when things went right. Right. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't, you know, for every like bad thing that's happened or for every bad relationship, you wouldn't appreciate the good ones. If you didn't have the bad ones, you wouldn't understand. It's like you kind of, you kind of need that polarity to really appreciate the full scope of everything. So yeah. And, and we're so, there's so much stigma with like, oh, I failed. This wasn't. Like, I know. No, but that's You're learning. You're learning. You don't fail unless you give up i mean and even then you know maybe it's just like time to try something else i I don't know but but the idea of like failure is it's not anything it's just okay pick up how do how do we how do we learn from this
0: yeah i used to be super ashamed of it i used to be very like oh man if i didn't nail something on the first try i was like oh i guess i'm not meant to be here like i used to be very self-defeating oh what's that i think is that an auto harp?
1: Those What's are wind chimes. It's not an auto harp. That's really funny. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> I'm glad happening? that was the first thing you thought of. An auto harp. The, the, the auto harp for people who don't remember is the instrument that everyone was able to strum in grade school because mm-hmm. you can push the. Oh, this is an A, and this is a C, and this yeah. is a D. Easy
0: peasy. Ring, ring. Is that the, a gugugug ghost?
1: No, it's not a gugugug ghost. Although my wife is. Fairly convinced, no, she's 100% convinced the okay. house has a ghost.
0: Uh, bury the lead. Uh, what?
1: I don't know. She says, she was, she's like, look, I'm, I, there have been times where I heard a voice and I heard footsteps and a door closed and I was mad at you because you didn't come say hi to when you got home and I looked outside and your car wasn't there Whoa. and it wasn't you and no one was in the house. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. We, we, I, I tease her about this all the time.
0: So you don't believe in ghosts? N- no. She's like agnostic to, a believer
1: she yes okay my feeling is you know first of all it just i just i would love i think it would be amazing okay it would be great but i if someone could even if it was just like well there's this is where the parallel universes are just sort of folding onto and then i'd be like okay i can see way into that but i honestly feel like with as much surveillance as everyone has all the time in their pockets, cameras fucking everywhere, that, you know, still in the Discovery Channel, it's like, these are spirit orbs. Like, that's fucking dust reflecting light in a photograph, you know? Like, I know. There would be... that People are looking actively... Like, someone would get it somewhere on a phone or something.
0: I agree with you. But I, I feel I, a butt coming. No, no, no. I agree with you. But sometimes... I like to... I like to think that there's something about like some unknown dark matter like when I interviewed a cosmologist we talked about dark matter which I I still don't fully understand but like dark matter dark energy that like makes it so that if you just that maybe if you wanted to have ESP or like tell your friend like across town like bring me an orange Fanta and they would just show up with one and you could blame it on dark matter I mean listen
1: wouldn't that be great I'm willing to accept that we're all made up of molecules which have electrons there's an electromagnetic field that surrounds the earth so if we It feels like the Wi-Fi is there. Right. But it just doesn't transmit out of our fucking skulls that get in the way. And that's not to say cut your skull open and, you know, do a drop top. But I really think that it just... There some way it, like someone would ha- it'd be like a, there'd be definitive something with as much surveillance as there is in the world.
0: I feel you, but I do think it's fun.
1: It is fun to yeah, think there, of like an no old question. colonial
0: man walking around, just farting around in your house. Oh my god! My
1: friend April Richardson, who opens for me a lot on the road, she is petrified of ghosts, and I always like to do the thing where I go, and now I just immediately get the look when I go. Okay, what would you do? And she's like, "Fuck, here we go." <sighs> If you woke up and in the, at the and in the corner of the room you shine your light and there was just it was just like the back of an old woman but she's facing <gasps> the corner and she was like shut the fuck up and I'm like okay what if it was like a Confederate ghost don't even say it Civil <laughs> War ghosts or what I put you know so I do like to I do like to to play that game sometimes.
0: Um, I sometimes will hear ghost stories and my eyes will well up, and I don't even—I'm not even—I'm just like, just stop it. Why are they doing that?
1: Now I will say I, ha- I have had ghost story exchanges with people where, yes, my eyes well up too. I'm like, oh my yeah.
0: god, those feelings. I hate feeling them, but I do—I do wonder though why we don't see more modern ghosts. Why we don't see like a ghost from the '80s with just a lot of hair gel?
1: You know, I—I I had a bit about that exact thing in my first stand-up special because <laughs> you only ever—it's like—and part of the like the bit was like, is the. Is the bureaucracy of the ghosting <laughs> process, like is there just so much red tape that it takes about eighty or a hundred uh. <laughs> years to like finally you know, it's sort of like in Beetlejuice where they have all the numbers. You right. Know. Like does it take that long? It takes that. So long. in a hundred years are they're gonna yeah, are they gonna be like you know uh pantera go- ghosts or like you know like chain wallet ghosts or whatever i, I don't know
0: the soul patch ghosts. yes dark night of the soul patch the spin doctors oh,
1: oh god two princes zoot suits. <laughs> riot
0: i don't think i've ever seen one i i don't think i've ever seen one but what's the most scared you've ever been in your life for real like legit scared
1: like like paranormally scared? No, just
0: in general. Like, the most scared. The most you've needed a space diaper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I mean... Boy, I don't... You know, as someone who's anxious a lot of the time, boy, that's a tough... That's a tough one. I can't remember like, any one moment. I mean, I used to be utterly terrified of f- flying. Got over it? Uh, I did, yeah, yeah. Because I just figured... I just knew I had to. Because I'm like, I can't be a comedian and tour, like, I'm going to have to just figure this out. Right. Um, and it's
0: also, it's such a hackneyed one to be afraid of. I mean, come on, you're in the, you're a couple miles in the sky. What, what can go wrong?
1: I mean, it's fine. <laughs> well, that's why, that's why I think like people aren't, I think most people when they say they're, if they say they're afraid of dying, I think what they're actually afraid of is dread. They're afraid mm-hmm. of dread. Because they, because there's much more dread associated with a plane crash as opposed to just dropping dead of a heart attack when heart disease kills infinitely more people than plane crashes. It's like, you know, someone's just eating a double cheeseburger will go, I'm never going on a plane. Like, you are putting a heart attack in your mouth as we speak. Oh, that's so true. So it's because that's not a, you don't, there's no dread associated with that. It's just like a light cuts off and you just don't have a, you know, or like terrorist attack or like, you know, anything where there's dread and you associate a lot of fear or, you know, or a terminal disease or something. So it-
0: But then we should be afraid of going to bed every night because we could have a nightmare any time. You could, sure. have a, you could nod off and have a nightmare on your couch, which feels kind of like dying sometimes. Like, I had this nightmare once. Drove right off a cliff in the middle of the night. You know those mountains when you come down from Big Bear? Oh, yeah. And you over Anyway, I had it. It just sailed right off. And as I was sailing off, I was like, oh, man, I knew it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this road sucks. Like you're, oh, man, gosh.
0: <laughs> Dang it.
1: Should have seen this
0: coming. Did you wake up
1: right before you hit?
0: I think so. But, so, like, that's, is that as bad as actually dying? I don't know. But, I don't know. I went into a centrifuge uh a year or so ago i was like you do like you do uh have have you ever seen centrifuges that they put pilots in
1: you like those ones that have like the crane arm yes. and the, there's like that little bullet at the end that they just uh, yes yeah
0: it's like a spinning mace baller like a right. big a big weighted q-tip
1: i can't even do the teacup rides at disneyland oh. so i don't think i could get any fucking centrifuge
0: do you uh, do you get barfie on the teacups
1: uh, yeah, or yeah. Are you just too cool for them? <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, I'm okay. definitely not too cool for them. I just get barfy on like super motiony rides. You would
0: hate this. Yeah, I would. It's, I, and I have been robbed at knife point. I've gotten my hand stuck in an escalator. I've been hit by a car, but the most afraid. Jesus yeah. Christ. I've been through some shit. I'm like the, I'm like the dog at the pound. She's got like half an ear. And, but you're like, <laughs> so I've been through some shit. But, um, the most afraid I've ever been, I was, I was, uh, Doing this, I was filming this pilot with Orlando Jones mm-hmm. and a uh, science pilot, and we we had to go to this testing facility where they train uh, air force pilots, and so they're like they put him in the centrifuge to see how many G's he could handle, and you know we're right now we're at one G, mm-hmm. that's gravitation, you know one one weight of gravity, right? When you are in like like you know those videos where someone drives a Tesla and they floor it, right? That's like one point two or something. Got I it. Um, anyway, so. Um, so, this goes up to nine. Ugh. Yeah, it's a lot. Very much a lot. And so, the, you have to train, if you're a pilot, to not pass out, because the blood rushes from your head and pools in your feet.
1: Sure it does. <laughs> you
0: just don't have blood.
1: You know, the trick to that, just drive with your feet.
0: <laughs> just drive with just your feet. With
1: where the blood goes.
0: You know what? It's the same as plumbing and roofing. It's right? the same as yes.
1: plumbing and roof, Who's, yeah. Reverse it. I understand it. what's the problem. It's just with your feet. What's Who's the problem?
0: problem? Yeah. But, um... So, so you have to, like, do these maneuvers where you're breathing and you, t- you tighten your butt so that, like, your blood doesn't – you don't pool in your –
1: Can I ask a gross question? Yeah. Do they say, like, you might shit your pants? A
0: hundred percent. Okay. Hence my fear. They were like, here's the deal. We're going to put you in a jumpsuit. If you're going to barf, best thing to do, just barf down your own shirt because you're in a capsule. You're in this tiny – it's like the size of a cockpit. So if that thing gets – it's just not a good scene. You don't want
1: to have a full puke. Hell no, Right.
0: Um, and also they're like it, it could come out any end. We sure. really okay. So go, there's a GoPro in there. Bye.
1: Oh no! <laughs> and I was like,
0: this is a nightmare. <laughs> Focus on this the is camera. a nightmare. I haven't been on like a full. I think Space Mountain. We went on Space Mountain for your birthday. That's right. I think that's the last time I went on a roller coaster. Oh. So I'm like, N-n-n-. okay. Anyway, it was horrifying. I did not barf, but they told me they'd only go up to two Gs, and I got out, and they're like, we took you up to almost six. I was like. But you just lose vision. uh, In half of your half of your eyesight goes, and it feels like you know when you go over a really big roller coaster that one drop feels like that, but sustained for like a full minute. Oh my gosh! It's nuts. And then the videos of you, you're you look like 15 years older because all of your skin is just (laughs) flapping back. So gross.
1: How many Gs did Orlando do? He took
0: nine. What? Yeah, he took nine. G Monster. Oh my god. I know.
1: That's impressive. But if
0: you ever want to, if you ever really want to go down like a YouTube hole, there are videos where you can just type in G Lock, which is G Loss of Consciousness, and you can just see these like, very brave air women and men just losing it and just flopping around like a Muppet.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think I would do it well with that because, number one, I uh, have a little bit of claustrophobia. You'd hate this. I would not.
0: <laughs> You'd hate this.
1: If someone said, Do you want to go into space? I think I would go, mm, No, I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm good too. Yeah, I just don't know. I think I would feel super trapped. Like I need to not be here right now, and but of course there, you are there. And I know you can't not be there when you're there. so I just don't feel like I would do too well with it.
0: Yeah, I, I you know, I know people are like, oh man, they need people from our sign me up, and I can't imagine. And just go to Nevada. You know what I mean? Like, Just get a tiny house Same in Nevada. Diff. I mean, we'll
1: send the octopods into space where they're from.
0: I know, which is from whence they came. will be like, finally. Have
1: you ever thought about having a paranormal uh, expert on your podcast?
0: You know, I want it. Like, there's cryptozoology, which is. Of course, yeah. I was thinking I could have a Bigfoot expert on and just be like, excuse me, what is your deal? Yeah. Um, if there's a paranormal one, I would Totally be down for that like a
1: parapsychologist sure a parapsychologist
0: yeah. could work mm-hmm. um, yeah there's a ton there's a ton of like fringe ones that i I like to like throw in little like huh.
1: I just I do believe that our brains because it there's so much complexity with understanding and parsing the information in the world that our I you know our brains do fill in gaps and write stories in places where there's just a little bit of a You know, just like Superman holding the train track Uh so the train can go by. It's like we're just gapping things. And I think, you know, the brain is very powerful. I mean, it's the whole world is just based on your perception of it. I know. So how how would your brain not be able to fuck with that sometimes?
0: I know. I know. And it's funny, too. As someone who has anxiety, because I have anxiety, too. I think a lot of people who who work a lot and who are passionate about what they do I think a lot of people do have anxiety Sure, but um, it is funny because it's like when when do you trust your brain and when do you not when are right. you like you're freaking out for no reason Yeah, um, and I don't know it's interesting It's it, uh, I question my own brain plenty I think I think I do that
1: I've gotten better at it like you know, I only have been drinking caffeine for the last handful of months.
0: Oh, really? How's it going?
1: Well, it's fine. I mean, I was never really able... I can't really drink coffee, but I can have like... You know, I have like an almond milk latte. Okay. Um that's And that's about funny. as much. You know, I can have like maybe two of those in a day, but spread out over a long period of time. And I was driving to do the podcast. I had had a couple sips of one, and I had that kind of thing where my ears like clogged. Like sometimes if you, you get a caffeine rush, mm-hmm. and... You know, a handful of years ago, I would have flipped out and be like, I'm having a stroke, I need to go to a hospital, I'm dying, this is terrible. But I just, I had the presence of mind to, to go, you know, I, I know what this is, and then it just all immediately went away and calmed down. But anxiety is tough because it mimics Everything. Yeah,
0: yeah, it sure does. It mimics heart attacks yep. and it's just a sweat disorder. You're yep. like, maybe I have a sweat disorder. <laughs> it's like, no bitch, you're nervous. <laughs> um, it happens like, all the time. Um, I used to do. I used sweat to... disorder
1: is my hip hop album, by the way. I just want to make sure you guys. Know about that.
0: Uh, I love your jam called Oh No What Now. Yeah, What it's Now. One of my favorites. Oh, but
1: this time it's real. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How do I get out of here? Really, really great track. <laughs> I do this thing where, when people used to ask me loaded questions that I that I was on the spot, my I would get a sweat mustache, and it would just be like the it would be my tail. It'd be like you knew, and I didn't want to answer something because I would just just a it would just sprout a spontaneous just beads of sweat, in only the mustache area, and I'd be like, I'm uncomfortable, but I mean. I don't know. I, the other thing that happens, I don't know if this – I don't know. I don't think I've ever asked anyone this. but uh, And maybe we can get a consensus. But if you are about to tell someone something that you're nervous about saying, right. if it's, like, a really heated moment. I feel like I, this has happened in, like, relationships when we're in a moment where we're either going to break up or not. And it's, we have to, like, say what's – you know, where you're at. My ears will buzz They'll do this weird buzzing thing and they'll just it'll, – it'll feel like I have like a bumblebee in each ear and I'm like, get out of there. But it, and I don't know if it's like an anxiety, like a blood flow thing. Yeah, it
1: sounds like a little bit of stress-induced tinnitus. I don't know. So like, I, you know, I – my ears are a lot better now but I went to a concert in September and I had – my ears rang for weeks. And I oh. just thought that might have been when I was the most scared because I thought my hearing was just ruined forever. Oh, no. And the doctor said, well, don't drink caffeine, which, of course, I ignored. Sure. Uh, He said that makes it worse because of, you know, like the adrenaline, the blood flow. and So the answer is if you're stressed, you would have the same adrenaline rush that it probably is just creating that, you know, that um, kind of momentary... Incident-based tinnitus.
0: Right. I wonder if it's ever happened to anyone. Else. I know. It's, I'm sure it has. It's been happening to me like since I was 12. I remember like telling, having to ask my mom questions about v- vaginas or something, and being like, "Oh boy, this is <laughs> 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 and being Like, how does how do things work? What's this? Uh, yeah. this what's the deal with that thing? <laughs> oh, just, um, give me what's low this? down. down I like just what those moments. But I don't know. I mean, I think. I think that the the greatest thing about it is learning to just call it out, and as soon as you call out like, stress or anxiety, like I'm anxious, I see what you're doing. Like yeah. it tends to kind of go away. Which yeah, has yeah, been yeah. Helpful. Because
1: at least you know, sort of recognizing that that's a thing that happens is also very sure helpful. Just going. Oh, this is a thing I do. That does that that help that helps a lot too.
0: And so everyone else has it too. That's the other thing is that I love how you can just bumble through life and you're like, man. Everyone's really got it together except for just me. Right. And no, like, not the no. case at all. <laughs> no one has it together at
2: all.
1: And anyone, I think, who tells you they have it together is, is either douche, not very smart yeah. or bright or, or a douche <laughs> uh, or lying, you know? So it, it is, yeah, everyone kind of feels like that. Just a part of humanity, I think, is just a certain amount of disarray and chaos. I mean, you're, we're constantly just trying to organize the chaos. You know, just always trying to organize the chaos. I know.
0: We're always just one Instagram quote away from figuring life out. (laughs) We're going to do it. One inspirational account away. Just same amount of hours in a day as Beyonce. Boom. My life is fixed. (laughs) Done.
1: Done. That's all I needed.
0: She doesn't have any more resources than I do. Yeah. No. She's
1: probably fine. 100% right? fine. She she's doesn't stress about nervous. anything.
0: I do wonder, though, I've wanted to ask you about your time management skills. Sure. Because, I mean, you're very well known for constantly working on one million things. Mm-hmm. Like, anytime anything's announced in deadline, it's like, of course Chris Hardwick has <laughs> another project. Uh, well, I don't know. Like, how do you... What's your? Do you have a bullet journal? Do you have a, What's your scheduling situation?
1: I don't have a bullet journal, but I did. You know, time management is something I studied when I first got sober because I'm like, well, if I'm going to try to do stuff, I really need to understand. You know, because I also think it's important to. I think most people sort of feel like they're just dragged through life by like a fishing line, and yeah. they don't really have choices. And I think you do have more choices than you realize. Um, obviously there are things that happen that people can't control, but you know, you can choose how you react to things and you can, you can make a, a percentage of healthier choices within a day. You can make a percentage of, uh-huh. I'm not saying a hundred percent. Sure. You know, I don't want to hear like the, Oh, it's really easy. No, 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 no. There is a percentage of things that you can do so you don't just necessarily feel dragged around by life. And one of those things I think is understanding, uh, you know, I realize you can't really manipulate how you use time until you understand how you use your time. So I started tracking like how long it would take me to do things in a day, whatever that thing was, and kind of understood like, well, this is sort of my my optimal peak time for like – at a certain point, I'm just not invested in something anymore. Mm -hmm. So how do I do that? Uh, And then once I did that, I just started – uh, calendarizing things and created a... Calendarizing. Calendarizing First thing. step,
0: make up the word, make up the verb calendarize. Calendarize, yeah. <laughs> take, take that off your list.
1: That's right. <laughs> uh, step number two, enjoy the spoils. <laughs> and then, uh, and so I, I created a color-coded system, a calendar system. So it was like, you know, blue is personal and green is work and, um, you know, purple is stand-up and this is travel. And th- so that I could then, I started to see like modular chunks of time on my calendar. I brought them into the physical world. Um, But the same thing works with ideas. When you bring ideas into the physical world, then you you have a better perspective on them. You can manipulate them more rather than just trying to figure everything out in your head. Right. Uh, And so that's what I did. And nowadays, um, you know, my assistant Michelle works with me who is even way more organized with time than I am. I mean, she she was a professional organizer oh. when i first met her and so i but now it would be very difficult to do to do all the things that i do without even more organized people in place so i i rely heavily on on michelle now but before yeah i really did understand i really tried to understand how to do stuff and But it's also my personality to want to do this for a little while and this for a little while and this for a little while. Are you the same way? Do you need to do all of one thing in a day or do you like doing like five or six different things? Yeah,
0: sometimes it helps to go look at something fresh. I mean, my my thing is that... I I love my actual work. Like I love making ologies. I love ma- making science shows. I love writing all that stuff. That a lot of times I'll be I'll save that like it's a little donut at mm-hmm. the end of the day, and then <laughs> I'll be like I gotta get through the muck of the admin stuff, and then I'll get like so caught up on like emails and and paperwork and just other garbage, and then I'll save my creative stuff to the end of the day because it's fun and then i'll be like "Whoop!" and it's midnight yeah <laughs> and then, yeah, and then also sleep. wow
1: that's an interesting way to do it because i would think
0: which isn't i'm not advocating be for this
1: energy wise for creators a lot of people say like do it first thing in the morning when you're fresh
0: i know i know i talked i i talked to a writer recently who said that he uh, he gets up at like 5 in the morning and he starts writing from like 6 6 to 7 or 6 to 8 cuz no one's up and he gets all of his work done and he goes to bed at like 9 but um but yeah i think i have this like like I still feel a little bit guilty about doing stuff that's creative and fun because for so so long of your life, when you're working up to to it, you know, that's the kind of stuff you do after you're done with your other job. Right. And then when you're if you're lucky enough where this becomes your primary job, you're like, oh shoot, I gotta move things around a lot because you're used to just doing admin stuff. Right.
1: Um, I think it was when I was going through the self-help uh dump phase of just like <laughs> everything I could consume, you know, it was either Dale Carnegie or Napoleon Hill. or There's some, – someone said something like, you know, live in day-tight compartments. Don't worry about yesterday. Don't worry about tomorrow. And oh. so that's another thing with time. I mean that is also like a AA, like one day at a time kind right. of thing. But um, it's almost like there's truth to it, you know. But crazy. Isn't it crazy? But um, so when I'm doing stuff in a day, I really do just like this is what I can get through today. And if I don't – you know. There are other things I go, well, I'll, you know, I'll deal with that stuff tomorrow. I'll put out those fires tomorrow. This is what I can get done today. And that's very helpful, too, because if you try to take on your whole calendar at once emotionally, mm-hmm. you will you would fucking run into traffic. Like you just wouldn't. <laughs> so just don't worry about, like, j- move what you can to tomorrow. Deal with what you can deal with today and just be okay with that. And mm-hmm. most of the time, nothing is going to blow up because you didn't, you know.
0: Most of the time. Most of the <laughs> Most of the time.
1: There's no explosion. There's the anxiety. But like, uh, well, what if this one time?
0: There's this thing called time chunking that someone told me about. And that's been my most effective way where you, instead of just having a to-do list, you block off, okay, like from 8.30 to 9.30, I'm dealing with this. From 9.30 to 10, I'm having breakfast. From 10 to da, da 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 And you just map out your whole day. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so you only can do the thing that you said you would do in that amount of time. So you're not worrying about what you're going to do at 2 p.m. Because it's...
1: Nine AM and you're doing the
0: thing. So that when I when I'm like really on my jam, I'm unstoppable when I do that. Is that in your
1: calendar? (laughs) Do you have that in your calendar?
0: I have it in my calendar, yeah. I I don't do it enough, but sometimes I'll start the day and I'll be like, I don't have time to time block.
1: Here I wonder I wonder I'm kind of curious to see your calendar.
0: Oh, it's a disaster! <laughs>
1: <laughs> All
0: of my travel is marked in green, and some months I'll just open it up and I'll be like, "It's a sea of green." Just a beautiful, I'm beautiful just green. On planes, so much. Yeah, yeah so, I'm always so curious about how other people. Okay, so you have it. You're very color coordinated. This is a
1: personal call. This, this, uh, uh, this is my therapist' call. Nice. You know, it says blue. The, the per, this is travel, and this is a press event here, and this is more travel. And then here you can see...
0: You're time locked. Look at this. Work
1: call. This is a fitness trainer. This is a meeting with an architect. This is a press thing. This is a work thing. This is a press thing. So it, it really... Um, Secret
0: of the universe. Well, it's just time if everything's blocking.
1: one color, I just feel like everything would feel overwhelming. But seeing the different colors helps just create some space right. in my brain.
0: You leapfrog to another thing, yeah. which is good. I do think... I wish that these were things that we learned when we were in school. Like, taxes would be... No one taught me about taxes in school. Oh, my
1: God. Anything practical...
0: Practical would be great. Yeah. You know what? I need... Um. Yeah, I need information on that transition from okay great you you're in a creative job congratulations you made a career out of it double finger guns good for you <laughs> and then but then there's this thing no one tells you it's like, now you're a CEO and you have to file payroll taxes for yourself. And right. you're like, what? Huh? I got out of that. I got out of that racket so I could do creative stuff. And yeah. they're like, oh yeah, no, you have to deal with the franchise tax board. And you're like, Ugh.
1: well, that's the challenge. Of, that's the challenge <laughs> of more responsibility and scaling up and, and, you know, and trying to figure out like what's important to, and then, and not, and trying not to forget what's important so that you can stay excited and, and passionate about things.
0: I know. I, I do love. It's so funny. I was, I was talking to someone recently about like what, you know, they were trying to figure out if they're going to do a pivot in their career. And we were talking about what gives you the butterflies the most, like when you think about that job or that field or learning something like what makes you like physically nauseous, <laughs> like to the point of like happiness. Right. And it's funny. There are some projects that I like this stuff that I'm doing now, like getting to getting to work in science and comedy at the same time, like getting to merge those. It's been like, that's something that's made me happily nauseous in for so long. Like yeah. I wanted to do that for so long that it's funny how you can kind of, uh, I don't know. It's it's funny. Your show, The Wall, reminds me of this. How you can kind of like start one area and then bing bing bing, ding ding and end up somewhere a little bit different you didn't realize. Totally
1: unpredictable. I mean, I mean, the odds (laughs) are if you drop it over the high amounts, it might fall in there. But there's that chance it's going to just whip across the board. I know. You don't know.
0: I know. I know. But um, I do need to get better at taking vacations.
1: Yeah, and it's important to just schedule those.
0: Yeah. Are you going anywhere?
1: yeah, Yeah. 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 Where are you going? Uh, well, I have to, I have to work in Florida next week for a day. I'm doing a gig for just like a day. And so Lydia's coming with me. We're going to go to Disney world just for a day. Like the next day we're going to go. And then, uh, yeah. And then over the summer we have a couple places that we're going to go. And then Christmas, you know, so we have like two or three vacations planned already this year and it's, What's great about it is that because we know these are the times, we just block them off. Yeah. And it's like, nope, this is it. This is going to happen. Because anytime you can always find an excuse to not go somewhere. You can always find like a – Oh, but whatever that. And anything that you – have pretty much anything that you've ever canceled like a vacation for ends up being a bust. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like an audition or like oh. a meeting or like – well, they really need to, okay, I'll go there. Oh, it didn't work. God damn it, you know?
0: Well, they say, I read some study where people who take vacations are happier, but it's not necessarily that they're happier on the vacation or after the vacation, but it's the anticipatory happiness leading up to it. Oh, that's interesting. That like relieves you because you know like you're going to get a break in a bit. So you're just like, okay, I can handle it. Right. But if it's just like this Sisyphus thing where it's like, your toil is never ending. <laughs> <laughs> so, but having this like light at the end of the tunnel. So it's funny that like scheduling a vacation – Is uh, will help you before the vacation, right? Just that
1: isn't that that kind of cool? Just knowing that you, you know, because we, when I did at midnight, we used to have these stretches where it was particularly in the fall where we'd have like 16 straight weeks or something crazy, and that usually meant that I would have with everything else that was going on maybe two days off a month or one day off a month, and the only way that I was really able to do it was again just focusing on each day to don't worry about all that. And as it would get closer, I'd go, okay, if I can just put off, <laughs> you know, of course, then when you actually do get the break, then three days of it, four days of it are the horrible cold that you get from oh, yeah, the of momentum course. of your body slamming to a, a screeching halt. Of course. But, uh, but you know, I, because I worry about our mutual friend, Matt Myra, who is oh, yeah. running himself ragged. And I'm like, Matt, and with, you know, Kevin Smith just having a heart attack, I, I texted Matt and I was like. I know. I'm going to ask you to stop smoking and please take care of yourself and please make good choice. You know, because it, it's just a reminder that, you know...
0: I know. I texted that, him today too. I was like, oh my God, checking in on uh, your sleeping hours. And yeah. He was like, two a.m. to seven a.m. I was like, let me just put all caps on here real quick.
2: <laughs> the fuck, that's not enough.
0: <laughs> I know. He's. I know. I do worry about him, and it's funny because, you know, I remember he went through a period a year, couple years ago where he was like, oh man, I'm not working enough. Not oh, working I remember. Enough. Yeah, he was not working enough, and now I
1: told him to enjoy that because I said someday you're going to be too busy doing, and you're going to wish you had time.
0: I know, and it it does them no good when you're like. Like, I know, but aren't you glad that you're not unemployed? Like, that doesn't relax him at all. But uh... Well, the
1: point is, and I say this because I'm exactly the same way, n- no state of being relaxes Matt Myra. Yeah. And, and I'm similar in the same way because you all, it's always like, oh, if you're not working, it's stressful. If you're working, it's stressful. If you, know. you know. If you have this, it's stressful. If you don't have that, it's you know. And it, it, basically, it's all, again, it's just recognizing the function of like, oh, I think I'm just this way. Period. Doesn't matter what the situation is. This is just how my brain filters right. through the world. Just
0: do it one day at a time. And it's always, it's, you know, I've known Jonah since he was very underemployed as well. Right. I, I've known Jonah since, like, he used to work at Amoeba, and he used to be like... That long? Oh, I've known him since his Amoeba days. I used to bring him chocolate milk. Amoeba like, Jonah. Yep. Amoeba Jonah, I remember he took a, he took a break once and drank a double vodka and Red Bull on his break and went back to work. And I was like, Jonah Ray, (gasps) this is not a good idea. Um, But yeah, and, and so it's whenever I see friends who I know have like gone through a little bit of like underworking I, I always have such a duel. I'm like, I'm so happy for you. I'm also very worried for you. Sure. Relax. But yeah, it's kind of like, you know, in this business, if you're working, chances are you're really in love with what you're doing. Right. You know what I mean? Like people drop everything to move to L.A. and and to hope that they can, you know, have a shot. So, yeah, it's it's really hard to to pull back. But
1: it's also important to remember, like, at what cost. Yes. You can try to do all these things, but at what cost. I mean, I, I you know... People always say to me, like, do you ever say no to anything? I'm like, yeah, I say no to lots of stuff. You just don't hear about it. You only see the stuff yeah. I say yes to. But I turn down, and I've, I've gotten the habit of turning down way more stuff than I take because I just go, you know what? I don't want to be gone every weekend. I want to hang out with my wife. I don't want to be stressed. I don't need to do that I don't care if I'm being – if there's money, it's not – the money – at a certain point, it's like that's not worth it anymore to – like the cost, the emotional cost of that is not – and it's a very luxury, luxury position to be in. But I um, – but it is important to remember that, you know, you don't always have to – Grind yourself into a fine powder. You right, know, you can.
0: <laughs> it's also
1: you're no good to any anything that way.
0: You're really not, and you're very grumpy. And then also, if you've ever had to go to the doctor for even a thing, whatever the copay is or whatever the deductible is, it's almost not worth it. Like, right. stress can cause so many very expensive health problems. Yes. You might as well just use that money on a vacation. <laughs> for God's
1: sake, that's your go medicine. To Take some time for yourself.
0: Yes, go to an island. It's less expensive than getting an x-ray
1: but I also enjoy you know one of the things that I think is so wonderful about you is that because you're a comedy person and because you're so smart and because you figured out how to be a science communicator which is so very necessary you know uh, because there's so many wonderful science people in the world and but not everyone has that gift of being a communicator as well and sometimes You know, people can be like, well, it's very simple. You just this, 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 and this is the formula and this is why. You know, there's kind of an engineering mentality of like, I I don't understand why you don't understand. You know, but people who can really put things into vernacular and express it and, you know, you have a very, very important job which is inspiring people to be interested in science who who maybe are like – do like science – or who wouldn't have been otherwise, and that is very, very valuable right now.
0: Well, thank you. I, I, it's funny. I get reviews on iTunes, and every once in a while there's one that's like, oh, man, I didn't think I'd care about uh, any of these topics, but I do. And yeah. I was like, great. That's, like, the best thing I hear. Yeah. Because it, I think it's just uh, we gossip about so much in life. Like, we all, like, know everything, the minutia of, like, Kylie's, like, pregnancy announcement. Like, we know all of these things. But um, but there's so much other Kyliology. stuff. Kylieology. Uh, yes, Kylieology Car- Kardashian. What's it? <laughs> Jenner- we did talk about that a little bit in mythology about the demi about celebrities being demigods and why yeah. we need to why it's therapeutic for us to put someone up and then tear them down because it's tearing down parts of ourselves. So it's it's actually interesting. Oh, wow! Yeah, the way that we the way that we uh, look at celebrities is a lot like how we used Greek and, and Roman gods. So we talked about that in mythology, which was fascinating but we need that we need to we need to um, punish someone for our own
1: sins god crazy. you just melted my brain yeah it's
0: some crazy shit that I, it's every episode there's like something like that but um but yeah, I think that we learn we learn all these details that maybe wouldn't help us. But I just think that if you can end up gossiping about an octopus brain, or if you can, um, you know, gossip about primate um, social structures, or placenta, or volcanoes, like there's a lot of stuff in there to be mind that is can be really volcanoes, interesting. Earth periods. For example, hey, if <laughs> you're a mountain,
1: <laughs> if you're a mountain and you're wearing white jeans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Earthquakes, <laughs> tiny tremors, just cramps. <laughs> they're just cramps. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? The
1: um, snow caps are the white pants.
0: They're pretty much what they are. Just we Vesuvius. Solved it. We solved it. Vesuvius should be the name of a tampon commercial. <laughs> 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 time of the month. <laughs>
1: just, the commercial is just a bunch of people like frozen in ash. You know, don't,
0: Brought to you by Mount St. Calvary. Don't Callens. be
1: unprepared.
0: <laughs> we do talk... I talked that... That volcanologist was running for Congress, so we talked all about politics and stuff like that. But, yeah, I just think that there's so much to get enthusiastic about and just to... I love being an ambassador between super hardcore science people and just the laymen because you realize, like, I love opening a door to be like, no, it's okay. We all belong here. Like, my whole thing about science is, like, there's science in this tabletop. There's science in ice cream. There's science in your glasses. There's science in my voice. There's science in in everything, in the fibers that make up the, you know, the chairs upholstery, everything, in these microphones. There's science everywhere. Every single person, just by being a living, breathing person, deals with science Every single day, just by eating, um, and so everyone is into science. they just don't know because it's it's made to be kind of an exclusive club where mm-hmm. if you get it, then you get it, but if you 're an organism on the planet, you 're into science and you get it and you're you belong so I think um yeah kind of democratizing that and making and putting ologists venerating them in a way that maybe we would a celebrity and, and finding out their backstory and their personal passion that led them to be inquisitive that that to me is is really fun to put a spotlight on them instead of maybe having a spotlight on the the same actors we always hear from and you know the same uh, awards nominees we always hear about you know a lot of us know so much about the personal lives of a few select celebrities, but let, like let's hear about this person who studies frogs and like this the most scared they've ever been and like how they you know their husband you know is also a frog collector like all that stuff is interesting right um, and just this idea of like being invested in curiosity.
1: Well, I wonder it, because you know I mean I've I've made jokes I've made hacky jokes about the Kardashians on social media before and and people are like what's your fucking problem and I guess part of my problem is. That I mean, whatever they can do, I don't care. They can do whatever they want. It's fine. You know, I'm not saying there shouldn't be a place for them. Of course, you know, like they're people. They d- d- should, you know, they d- deserve to do whatever they want.
0: They're listening to this right now, being like, whew, oh, "Okay, my good." Boy, boy.
1: And <laughs> so, glad
0: Hardwick's like got our back.
1: I, I think. I think the thing that it just that, that kind of pokes at me is that. You know what example does that set for? I mean, on the one hand, you might go, "Well, it sets the example that they, you know, that they made a, an, an empire out of." I mean, whatever it is that they do, but I also feel like what it teaches people is it's kind of vapid fame and attention at any cost. Whatever you have to do to get famous, whatever you have to do to get attention, and I just think that sets a bad example. You know, if you're 17 years old and you're getting plastic surgery, like you you your body has not fully formed yet and i think it just it just i don't know i mean maybe maybe i'm not seeing it the right way and maybe it's about oh then let's be about being empowered and but i also just kind of feel like it's basically says like attention at any cost don't accept who you are you know you have to fit this mold in order to be popular it it really just feels like the popularity contest and that's the message it's sending to kids. And so that's why I think it's so important when people like yourself try to get people excited about frogs or volcanology or whatever it is. Because, you know, some people want the Kardashian stuff, but some people maybe might discover that they need that stuff <laughs> that you're talking about.
0: Yeah, I think it's just, I think humans, I think we're so, I think we are so curious and we have such, we're like little hamsters, like hamsters want to be on a wheel, right? Hamsters like, stab me over the wheel, dude, I'm all about it. And they hop on that (laughs) thing, they're like, don't make me get off. And I think our brains are like that, where we want stuff. We want to think about stuff. We want to process stuff. We want to remember stuff. We want to learn from stuff.
1: Distracted from stuff.
0: Right. And I think that we want that. And what happens is I think that we end up just consuming whatever's put in front of us the most. You know what I mean? It's like you're really hungry and you walk in and you eat up all the gross appetizers and then someone's like oh by the way we had salmon you're like god damn it so I think that it's just what we're fed the most is what we process and so I think that it's kind of a shame that um, that the first line of, of defense kind of like the front lines of, the, of media is a lot of kind of fluffy stuff that doesn't have a lot of consequences
1: but don't you think that we're, we're the, we're, we're, we'll eat whatever we're fed but don't you feel like <laughs> they'll feed us whatever we're eating more of
0: Yes. I mean, it, yeah. it, it yeah. does,
1: you know, because...
0: Sure. I, I mean, that's that's Darwinism of in course. a way. You know, like that's like the... Uh, that survives. Yes. And, and that demand, you know, multiplies. And I don't know. I think that... I think ultimately what a lot of people want is they want to understand more about themselves. And I think that we look to celebrities to learn more about ourselves. We, we Maybe we look to the Kardashians to learn how to be more self-possessed or more beautiful or more... Um, uh, having a tighter grip on our own sexuality. Maybe we, we look to them for that. And I think that, unfortunately, like that's such a narrow source where there are so many other ways we could get that information, but we're just trying to get it all through very, very like pop
1: culture stuff. Well, and, and now we've all been conditioned to think like, oh, the more famous you are, the more right. followers that you have, the more money, the more, 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 more. Somehow, the better you are. Like, oh, that's going to fix. Uh, like, of course. It's not going to fix I mean, all of your problems.
0: We're living in an era where your worth has never been more publicly quantified. Right. I mean, we we have, in the last five, six years, you've never been able to say like, how much do I matter? And it's like, let me pull up an integer. (laughs) (laughs) And it's on the internet for everyone to see. Like, I've been in meetings, I've been in meetings where they're like, okay, and uh, your your Instagram following is what? Okay, and what's your Twitter following? And you have a Tumblr following and they're writing down numbers of like, how many people give a shit about you? And it's really hard not to internalize that. And I grew up being like a a goth virgin who played magic the gathering who was like had a microscope and was like dissecting owl pellets on the weekends like (laughs) i grew up where no one was looking at me and i i didn't have to i didn't have to justify my existence at all really you know right um i grew up in like a i went to an affluent school but my family wasn't we just lived within the district to go to what what area in the bay area nice and, uh, and they had a really good Latin program, a good science and art program.
1: So. Did you take Latin?
0: Of course I did.
1: Four years. Four years. Mm-hmm.
0: And then someone's like, cool, translate this dollar bill. And you're like, it means I don't fucking remember. <laughs> 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 but it helps with vocab a lot. helps
1: with vocab. Yeah. I still remember some of it. Yeah, I remember I, some of it. You remember the declensions and the conjugations sure. and the...
0: I remember they're like, here's a list of verbs. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry, all of these mean to kill. And they're like, oh, yes, they're Romans. <laughs> <laughs> and, you're like, and it was like to kill by beheading, to kill by bludgeoning. We well,
1: you know, what was really crazy <laughs> is that I went to an all boys Catholic school. Oy. And so every year I had a different Latin teacher and it depended on because there's Church Latin and there's Roman Latin. Oh. And Roman Latin has um, slightly different interpretations, different pronunciations, and Church Latin has, you know, just the pronunciations are different. So huh. one year, it, you know, I'd have a priest who was a teacher be like, no, it's all this. And another teacher year I'd have a secular teacher who was like, no, it's actually this. And all the A-E sounds are I and they're not A. And, the, you know, so it... It was kind of a a weird mind fuck because I learned like two slightly different strains of Latin based on who the teacher was. But
0: you can't really speak either of them.
1: No, it's a dead language. Because it's
0: a dead language. And also they put, they'll put a word on the end of this. Everything's mishmash out of order, kind of. Mm -hmm. It's like the preposition can go with just the end. I mean, we watched a lot of Clash of the Titans. Of course. um, In class. When Mrs. BCO was like, I got to peace out. Um, (laughs) But I I remember once I had a conflict and I couldn't take Latin at you and she let me come in on her off hour and just sit there in a classroom with just her doing my homework so that I could take both that and like a science or a drama class or something. She was like very hardcore. Um, But yeah, I think that Latin teachers are a little endangered species.
1: So that, so... uh... So you did that, and you did Latin, and you also did theater, and you did all these types of things in school and so you your point was interesting, which was like yeah i wasn 't really a i don't know, you know i didn 't have to fit anything
0: yeah i i never i i guess i we never turned a lens on ourselves, you know what I mean, and I think that 's hard when you literally have a device in your pocket that is made to take pictures of your own face it's hard to get out of, it's hard to get out of your own butt, you know, right. <laughs> like we're so, we're, we examine ourselves in ways that maybe are, are much more surface than internal. I think if you were to ask anyone, like, do you have a zit right now? They'd be able to point exactly to where it is right. and what stage is that? And if you can see it in this light and <laughs> da, 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 da. But if you were to ask anyone, like, uh, you know, how do you feel about your grandparents? Or like, what do you think you want to do in two years? I think a lot of people are like, I don't have time to think about that. Right. But we do have time. We just don't – it's not what we've – we're not – we're, like, extrospective, I guess, instead of introspective.
1: Yeah, that's a great point because (laughs) because social media is ultimately – I mean, initially, social media was called microblogging.
0: Oh, my God. I forgot.
1: And so – 2006. Right. So the idea of, like, rather than writing – and obviously, you can write long posts on Facebook, but – but the idea that we're communicating in these short bursts—the communi- the form of communication is innately shallow because it's very quick, mm-hmm. and so it's not really designed to go all that deep. And you're rifling through, and you're not—you know—it's rare that you just settle on something and really sit with it for a while. You're just—and so the, communi- the, the form of communication is, in a very Galapagan way, conditioning us to communicate that way because that's how we're consuming it. Yeah. So it. it, it and if you're consuming in a shallow way, you're probably going to be um, dealing in an economy of shallow things because that's just the nature of the, you know, the depth of the pool, the puddle.
0: Yeah, it's pretty – everything feels pretty bite-sized and I think that's um, – I think that is – maybe doing us a bit of a disservice i think like again like our i think our hamster brains they we just we want stuff we want to think we want to process we want to have epiphanies and stuff and i think that um and yeah in a lot of microblogging it's like okay if i have this thought then if i can develop this thought in this tiny fragment, you know, in this two-sentence fragment, how many people will like this? Right. And then that that means it's a good thought. Right. And um, and so I think even our thoughts, we've, we're we conditioned to be like, will, pe- will other people like this? Instead of just thinking them and letting them go where they go. And I don't know, I mean, I think that being divorced from who you maybe really are for the sake of who you feel like you should be is like one of the tragedies of a lot of just interpersonal relationships in each of us. Like, this idea of being being who I'm supposed to be. Right. Is really tough because then you're never you're never gonna be happy.
1: Yeah, because you who is that and what is that? I don't that? know. And how is that I don't know. Is that you know better or is that, you know, worse or I don't know. It just creates kind of a, a bit of a chasm. There goes the life. There she goes! She's a lady on the goal! But, yeah, I think... She was on the phone. She had bags. I know.
0: That was a lady on the goal! She really was. She she just blazed through here. It was very... (laughs) I felt like we were uh, extras in her movie.
1: (laughs) Which was fine. (laughs) The camera following her just saw us in the background... We're the puffins! Talking about...
0: (laughs) We're porgs. We're porgs. But We are, but no, I think I think that that's like the cool I think one of the coolest things that I've I've been learning the last just couple years cuz it there, there were times when I was, you know, working on cooking channel and I was wearing these vintage dresses and making up cocktail drinks and and um and It didn't – that success was fine, but it didn't feel – it didn't stick at all. It didn't feel that great because it didn't feel like me. I always had this, like, weird fascination with science and stuff, and I was like, well, I can't Instagram about that because it's off-brand. And then when I started volunteering at the museum, uh, that's when I started kind of like just, hey, this is kind of what I'm into, and I think I – It was weird to, like, merge that, like, public persona with who I felt like I really was, which was, like, you know, this chick that was, like, gets excited about finding an owl pellet and, you know what I mean, like, has bugs in her freezer. And it was really liberating to be, like, oh, this is – not only is this okay to be this person that I thought – LA would reject, but it's actually celebrated and it feels better than any of the success I've had previously. So, and I think that, you know, your work, your work always inspired me in that way too, where, you know, you were like, you got sober, you're like, fuck it, I'm going to make stuff that I want to make. Mm-hmm. And then that opened up this whole door because you were being authentic. And that's always, I think, been really inspiring. So I think- Oh,
1: I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, I, mean, for it, reals. I mean, when you work on stuff that you care about, you really kind of do feel- all the molecules align and go, Oh, this is, I can't believe I thought, and how many rules do you create in your brain? You know, like we write scripts, we write scripts in our head, like little code, like lines of code to automate things so that we can get through the day faster. Yeah. But how often do we go back and look at those codes and go, well, are these still relevant codes to where I'm at now? Or does this still make sense? Do I still feel this way about this thing? So many, I think a lot of things are just automated and I think people can get stuck in ruts because they don't go back and look at their codes again and go, mm-hmm. do I, does this even still matter to me? Yeah. Oh, I kept telling myself I had to do this or didn't do this, but I don't know if I – I guess I'm at a different place in my life now. I can get rid of that and write a new code or – you know. so it, it, it really is about, I think, t- like every so often just sort of taking stock to make sure you're yeah. still doing what seems right
0: yeah, I had a Google Doc back when I was – I was an L.A. Times reporter for a couple of years, and I had a Google Doc that was just uh, – I would sneak into when I was avoiding deadlines, and it was just <laughs> called Things I'd Like to Do, and it was things that I just would look forward to, and one of the things said I want to work in TV doing a science show – maybe travel or kids like maybe a kid science show something to do with algae I don't know why I put algae in there but <laughs> what the fuck whatever anyway and I got this I got offered this job to be on the CBS show Innovation Nation and the first assignment I had I got to travel to Boston to interview a 17 year old uh like molecular biologist who was genius about a project she was working on with algae as
1: a biofuel holy shit and I was like oh how about that <laughs> so well sad. there's something really crazy about um, again, when I was saying like putting stuff in the physical world, there's something really crazy about writing down goals. You
0: got to write shit down. Goals
1: because I almost, um, uh, I read this book, I think it was called The Ant and the Elephant. And the idea was that, you know, there's this ant on top of an elephant's head. And if the ant decides something, the elephant kind of goes in that direction. <laughs> and so it's, it's not so much about like the secret of the universe, yeah, mystical. Right. But you begin, when you kind of open your self to, when you, when your brain kind of has a marching order, you open yourself to the possibility of something or start, make a decision and start down a path. Right. Even on a subconscious level, you start seeing answers that you would not have seen before yeah. that, and choices that you maybe even subconsciously make that start leading you in that direction. And you're like, isn't that crazy? I wrote, cause I have lists like that too. And I've, everything I wrote down happened and and that's again it's not magic yeah, it's no. not, and it takes time and it takes consistent effort and you know consistent action but it, it really does help unjumble all the shit that's in your head because yeah. your head has to deal with things like, am I having a heart attack? At yeah. The end? Am I, why is my lip sweating?
0: Yeah. Why,
1: <laughs> you know, why are my ears ringing? You know, like you got to make room for that stuff. You got to
0: make room for that. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's like, as soon as you write something down, you admit it to yourself that you want to do it. And you put and it in the physical world. You put it in the physical world. And yeah, I think that that is like, that's some of the best advice is just getting super honest with yourself and just being like, okay okay, I'm going to, you know what? I forget. I wrote something down on New Year's and I forgot what I wrote. Now I have to go back and look my, what I wanted to do this year. I have to see if I've crossed any of those off yet. Oh, I interesting. Dun, dun, dun. Do you
1: don't, so you don't know? Nothing I has... can't remember.
0: I can't remember. Probably one of them is like a, a goal for ologies or something. And probably, I do, there's this massage chair I want to buy. I can't. Describe, okay. Is I it the
1: Spine Melter 3000? Wasn't that the Simpsons <laughs> episode where Herb, gets- Herb, his brother Herb, comes back and he buys him the Spine Melter 3000?
0: I wish it were. I, I have a feeling like Spine Melter 3000 isn't even as good as this one I want. Okay. There's this one I tried for a segment I filmed, and I was like, this is bliss on earth. It puts you in it like a pod. And then you're just it, like, it's this Japanese, it looks like this big white Japanese egg. And you just scoot your dumb little body in there. And then and it, it, was, I, it was called an infinity massage chair. I did a story for them. They're not getting paid for this. Okay. And they should just give me a free massage of course. chair. <laughs> but I'm like, I, in the place I live now, I don't have any space for it. But I swear, I was like, oh, man, as soon as I move... That is like just this notion of just being like, I can get in this weird little cuddle pod whenever I want. <laughs> your, your situation with your secret room, by the way, I'm hanging on pin. I'm just on pins oh, and needles. Oh, the house shit
1: thing? Pins you know, and needles. That's so funny. I, I started doing that just like, you know, I've renovated a couple houses and Lydia and I renovated this one together. And uh, and I ne- and I always regretted not documenting it because I love the transition process. And we watch a lot of HGTV. So I was like, you know, right. I've never really effectively used Instagram stories This seems like... And it's crazy. Now it's one of the only things... Like, one of the things people talk to me about the most is like, what's...
0: Dude, you can't be like, hey, there's a wall here in a secret room and not expect people to be fascinated. So
1: the the unfortunate thing with... The reason that story is on hold right now is because, you know, Instagram only allows you to post videos from the last 24 hours.
0: They just changed it. You can save your stories. I know. It's crazy. What's life?
1: Well, well, you can save your stories, but I'm saying anything that you post that's on your phone, Mm -hmm. like if you don't post natively to the app. Right, right, right. It's only anything that you've taken, unless they've changed that, but it's only anything you've taken in the last 24 hours. So... There's an expiration date, like after a day, I can't from my camera roll then upload it to Instagram, <laughs> up to stories anymore. And so I, we poked the hole in and then they had to start sanding down the floors because they're going to get be polished concrete. So I just had to put it on hold, but I will get in there. Uh, it's a lot of debris, but I am going to fucking make that
0: <laughs> a room. What's it going to be?
1: I think a podcast room. Ugh. I think it's great because it'll it'll it, it it feels like it's right about the right size, mm-hmm. and I can. You know, I can soundproof it, and I think it'll be, like, a great little, you know, and I'll put the TARDIS door out there uh, as you, like, walk into it.
0: I have – I've had recurring dreams where I live in a house and I find a secret room. Have you ever had those dreams? Oh, yeah. Yeah? The, and I, I asked the mythologist what it meant. He was like, there's part of your consciousness you should explore. Whatever. I just – you're also like, oh, there's more space to put some shit in. I have
1: a, I have a <laughs> recurring dream where I'm either being chased or I'm – or I just need to be alone. And the house is always different, but I – crawl up to, you know, like I go up as high as I can go in the house, two or three story house. And then I sneak like into the walls and climb up and I find like a secret space (gasps) and I feel safe in that secret space. And obviously I'm sure there's a ton of unpacking a psychologist could do with that where I can just kind of peer out and Uh see if people are chasing me or, but I'm safe. (laughs) Like I'm, it's like a panic room. It's like an emotional panic room. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's in and it's and it and it's been consistent throughout my entire life. It's
0: like a little dog kennel. Like a little like dog kind house. Of,
1: but but it always involves like having to scurry to get up like, it's not easy to get to. Like a nest. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's usually a hidden part, and then I have to go behind a thing, and then I'm back there, and then I'm safe, and then I'm in the thing.
0: I feel like you found that in this house.
1: <laughs> there might be. Like, Maybe. We'll that's see. That's a pretty
0: big deal. We'll I, see. Every morning, I open up, and I was like, let's see what's hard with Scott here, and I'm like, <laughs> how shit up happening?" And I'm like, oh, man, there's nothing on the hard chair. It's been a
1: fun renovation because we don't – we lived – through this, we lived here when this one was happening, Ooh. which is uh, you know it's a little yeah, it's a, a little stressful when sure. at eight a.m. every morning there's just strangers stomping through your house and hammering and you're like you're moving around it's like okay this half of the house you know like now there's too much dust over there so we got you know we're gonna sleep in the basement now on a air mattress because there's only one working toilet in the house and it's right there. You That's know? a hell nope. Yeah, yeah 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 yeah. It's not fun. No, that part wasn't fun, but it's but it's great that it actually did happen.
0: But this one, you can; it can be as dusty as you want. You're yes. like, "Peace out!
1: I'll see you tomorrow." And also, when you're living through it, you see every mistake that gets made. You know, <laughs> Why did you tile the ceiling? <laughs> hey, what's the difference? The ceiling, the floor, ceiling, the, floor, the, floor, yeah, the same the floor, thing? thing. The same thing. Yeah, come on.
0: Well, I hope they leave you some bugs.
1: <laughs> well, I hope they do too. I'm gonna try. There's so many great, juicy lizards at that property. <gasps> Yay! Yeah, I um, see them all the time.
0: If you ever need to catch one, you can do you can do a slip knot on a blade of grass, sneak up behind them, and then you just go. Roop! And it just zips up, like just a Slipknot on a And then long, you ride them? And then you ride them, yeah. They, uh, you turn yourself into a tiny, tiny person. And you play
1: the band Slipknot. Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: <laughs> 100%. <laughs> All of this. Wallet chains, soul patches. But no, yeah, you can make a little... And then you can kind of get them, and then you can look at them and pet them and say oh, bye-bye.
1: Well, let's talk a little... As we're sort of, like, wrapping this up... I honestly could talk to you for hours, but, <laughs> let's, but wrapping this up just for now, and then you'll come back at some point. Sure, of course. But, um... How, you know what, what is important for people to inspire the next generation of scientists, and what does it mean to be a powerful voice in science? And what what do you feel the responsibilities are?
0: Uh, you know that's a good question, and I think that what I'm I think what I'm seeing more than anything is people again not being afraid to fail. Like I I interviewed this toothologist about squids, and she loved squids from the time she was a little kid. She wrote to a lab. And she was like, I want to work for you. And they're like, no, you're too young. She's like, I want to intern. Like, too young. She kept going back until – she was like, if you don't hire me, I'm just going to keep applying next year. And they're like, <laughs> okay, come on. But I think that going after what you're really passionate about – and I think that that's good for anyone in science or arts is whatever you are the most stoked about is what you're going to be the best at. Mm-hmm. And I think that – people who like science but are pressured to go into medicine because their parents will approve of that or cuz it makes more money but really they they like ostriches you right. know what i mean like do the you know do the thing that you want to do cuz that's going to take you farther than half assing it right. in any other direction you're just going to waste time if you go down the wrong road and i think i think with science too is inclusivity is the biggest thing i mean i you know, there's this great site called I think it's Five Hundred Women Scientists where if you're a journalist and you're looking for someone who um to, you know, interview and you want to find a woman, great. Here's five hundred female scientists, oh, wow. you know. So um so that women are are equally represented, I think that I know so many amazing female scientists that are just so hardworking, such brainiacs, really passionate. And I think that the more we see them, the more the little little baby scientists will be like oh shit i do belong there right. you know um and i think my my role as a science communicator is is i'm just trying to get people not afraid of science and gossiping about science in a way that is exciting like when they were kids like you know at the museum I'll ask you know'll be i 'll be at this tank with a pickled whale in it or whatever there's like a pickled shark in a tank and i 'm like, "Hey, can anyone maybe tell me what you think its teeth are for you know and the, the boys and girls equally are inquisitive and have ideas you know and it's not it's, I think we it 's not until women get this really deep fear of being wrong or being being misrepresenting their gender by being wrong about something that women start to quiet down and I think that, um, that that's huge is just is Women having a voice and people having a voice, whether it's in science or something else, is just don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to be wrong. It's part of the process. Don't be afraid to be enthusiastic or spazzy about what you're into and that curiosity is more important than knowledge. And, like, that that kind of passion, I think, is what's going to get us the farthest, you know? So I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping. Although I swear in my podcast, so I worry about twelve year olds listening
1: to it. But whatever. You know what? <laughs> Honestly, fuck, I mean, fuck it, fuck it. I know, fuck be, it. Be, like, people have the internet. You know, it, 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 I was I was talking with April about how, you know, uh, there's a whole generation of people that they just grew up with free porn, right? And it's that's like that's totally, you know, I mean, it, it's you, they're. 12-year-olds, I know if I had had the internet when I was 12, oh, I would have been, been to, been to all of the dirtiest, tons, filthiest, most worst, horrible...
0: just buttholes.net. What's <laughs> happening? What's... What ours? What is it? Taint,
1: taints.gov.
0: <laughs> <laughs> TV. But I think that there's a thing... I think what I'm trying to do is, like, is to... To make it so that science isn't just for kids and isn't just for, like, like pedantic eggheads. Like, the, there is a whole realm of, like, grown adults who can can be curious and can go learn stuff. And, like, right. learning doesn't stop because you are no longer required by the state to take a test about it. You know right. what I mean? Like, you can still be curious. Like, your hamster brain can still be, you know, running around and, and processing things. So I try to do – I try to make ologies as – kind of, like, a podcast that is just, like, irreverent enough to be, like, you're not ingesting kids' material, you right. know? So we talk about all kinds of gross stuff on it, which is great. Just what I love.
1: I mean, is it is it almost a, a thing where you kind of have to trick people's lizard brains into being like, if you do this, you will get attention, you yeah. know? like <laughs> It's like, like, like using that as leverage as opposed to, you know, working on whatever your uh, whatever sort of physical attribute or whatever kind of a superficial or surface thing hey if you study this or you pursue yeah. this then you will you know get this amount of attention
0: you know it's funny i uh Ologies has a Facebook group and there's a bunch of awesome people in there who post all kinds of cool science stuff. And uh, and one guy's like posted, he's like, you guys, I have a date with a real ologist. She's a microbiologist. We matched on a thing, but she's an ologist. And this idea oh, of like being really an great. ologist is like this cool thing. (laughs) It makes me so happy because it's like a lot of times there's someone who's in line next to you at the store who's like a microbiologist. You don't give a shit about their life or who they're dating or what their dreams are, you know, but they're really instrumental on making sure that your Purell works or whatever, you know, (laughs) but those people are are interesting. They make the world go around. They make it so we can drive our cars. They make it so we can eventually maroon ourselves on another planet when we've destroyed
2: this
1: one, (laughs) which is important. I I mean, mean, really, what I would like to see happen is... You know, instead of trying to figure out, you know, how do we perfect space travel? You know, there's going to be bone density loss. We're going to decay in space. We're going to, you know, we're not used to not having gravity. Or we have to find wormholes to get to other. It's really just sort of taking that Kurzweil idea of just... Uploading your brain to a thing, yep. Black Mirror style. Sure. And maybe just downloading it when you get there. Maybe a machine will just print out some type of organic m- material. Maybe it's an octopod. Maybe human brain's an octopod. Sure, I'll take it. Uh, you know, maybe that's what it is.
0: Give me eight arms and a donut brain. I'll take a beak over a mouth. I don't give a shit. Sure, why not? I'm done with this body. Throw me in the compost heap. It's garbage. These hands don't have suckers on them. Sure they don't. They don't invisibility cloak your skin. No, nope,
1: loser. Look at this wallpaper. I'm not blending into this. You're
0: really not right now. Uh, Octopods for all of us. I do feel like Mars is a little bit like like an inferior second wife like let's just fix Earth first <laughs> you know what I mean like let's work on this relationship
1: do we really need to go to an inhospitable planet <laughs> yeah. the planet everything about the planet is like don't come here yeah you know are we gonna be surprised if we go to a bad neighborhood in the solar system and we all get fucked like
0: I mean how it, many red
1: flags did we the, the planet itself is red it is itself a, a round red flag
0: yeah I know it's a big old stop sign it's a big stop sign on the horizon but I do think like Earth's got some miles left you know what I mean like Yeah Let's, let's try and make this one work. You know, we can figure
1: out the oceans. Sure,
0: what's you in there? Know, like,
1: what's in there? <laughs> no idea. We have a pretty good idea of, you know, we're not really sure what we're going to find on Mars, but there's probably more in the oceans. There's
0: probably more in the ocean. I learned what marine snow was. It's disgusting.
1: What the fuck is marine snow? Marine
0: snow is when, uh, like, organisms are gobbling things and they just, like, drop an arm or a fin and it just flutters down like a <laughs> snow globe. No. And all kinds of stuff. And then the other... <laughs> Other animals, like below, are like, is it snowing? And then they just they catch just lumps of things on their tongue as they go by.
1: Oh, that's Marine snow. Great. It sounds yeah. so nice when they say Isn't it that it? way.
0: Yeah, it's poo. Also. It's just poo and limbs. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's <laughs> yeah.
1: just any kind of detritus that, uh, that flies down.
0: So the world is a wacky place. I feel like we should learn about it. Lastly,
1: what are you joyful about? What are you joyful oh. about at the moment?
0: Oh, my gosh. You know, I. I, this is so silly, but I ologies is something that I've made completely on my own, like no network. Like it's me, and I send my stuff to an editor. Like it's been a whole... Like I did the art for it. I've wanted to do this project for ten years. I wanted to do something about ologies, and um, and I was too chicken to do it for a long time. I was afraid of not doing it perfect, and then I just put it out there. And uh, yesterday we had our our biggest downloads yet, and up to date, and it's just really cool to see it. It's really cool to see people get excited about it. I that's something that i get excited every time i have a new episode. i know i'm going to learn something. i know i'm going to walk away with a new kind of cool science friend and hopefully someone will get something out of it. so that's something that i don't i never get tired of working
1: excitement on. excitement really is the way in to maybe an otherwise closed off mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: because if someone listens like you said they go oh, i didn't think i would be i would know this and why i just love because people get attached to excitement. they yeah. They even if they don't know exactly what you're talking about, if you are excited in an authentic way, <laughs> not to the point of like, oh my God, i got can't, can't, can't. You know, podcast if you are if you are excited about it, then that's contagious because people love feeling excitement and they can understand even if they don't know the thing, the the part of that conversation is the excitement. Like I know what it feels like to be excited about things, and so mm-hmm. then that kind of opens them up to then let that thing in that they might have otherwise had shields up
0: right it's before. contagious and I think it's like it takes away your your own shame about being giddy about something and I will also say I'm excited my, my dad got diagnosed with cancer four five years ago almost and and uh he, we got his results back yesterday. He's in in, in as remission as you can possibly be. So, oh my God. which Congratulations. is huge, huge. That's just something that's on my mind every day. And it, yeah, and you're like, yeah, there are people who are just you're in line next to them at Vons, and they're like going to the lab and working on hematology shit that's saving people's lives. So that's that is really cool. The fact that we that we science is progressing and that we are progressing a little bit more every day. So I yeah, think
1: super a, lucky. I, I have a friend who uh, i my friend Mike and I have known her since college. Uh, her name is Goli, and she's working on <laughs> t- uh, trying to cure AIDS. Oh, and just no big deal. Every once in a while, she'll be like, oh, I saw you on this thing. I'm like, you're curing diseases. I just jumped around a stage like a trained... Chimpanzee, yeah,
0: you're like I got verified on Twitter. Yeah, I got verified she's on like,
1: Twitter. Are you verified on Twitter? Like, she's like, uh, I'm pretty busy curing AIDS. So yeah. you know. So
0: way to go. Take it
1: down a notch.
0: You just make me a little less self congratulatory.
1: But, um, but I, but I do want to give you one piece of unsolicited advice if you have it, not done this. Bring it. Have your dad on your podcast.
0: That's a good idea. I know that you had your dad on. I
1: did. And it was one of the most significant things I ever did. And the reason is because so it's so rare that we uh, treat our parents mm-hmm. like people yeah. and get inquisitive, to, to your point, being curious about them. Because they're just your parents. Like, yeah. You know everything. But when you really sit down and talk to them, I think it might you know and maybe you did have some of this when when he was diagnosed you you might you might have been more existential about you know let's really talk and let's really but it, whether you have or not i i think it i think it's a really great thing to do if you're both comfortable with it because it will just get you to ask questions it will get you to relate get you to understand and also help people who are have issues with their parents, or mm-hmm. not communicating well with their parents, or if they're going through something similar, or it, it just like all the way around. It's just a I feel like it's a great experience for everyone, and then you'll come away with it like, oh my god. I mean, at least right. you know I I, I did, and I, and I think you 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 would. I think you would probably have a similar experience. That's
0: a great idea. I have to figure out I'm 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 gonna wedge him into an ology. Maybe a potemologist, which is a person who studies rivers. They live on a river. So maybe He I'll, lives on a I'll, river. Yeah, I'll wedge him into that. But it's funny, my dad was a broadcast journalist, so he still has his radio voice whenever there's a microphone around. So funny. When we had when we first got our, our uh answering machine, like in whatever the 80s, our outgoing message was like, you've reached the ward residence. And he was like so professional. <laughs> so he's really funny. He still has his radio voice, which is great. But I think that's a great idea. I will do that.
1: You've reached the ward residence. Tra- yeah. Traffic on the one.
0: Literally, like we would listen. We'd, we'd snap on the radio in the morning and listen to my dad and eat oatmeal and... You know, we'd leave him notes being like, do you think they're going to release the Iran hostages? Like, oh, my like God. Like, she was
1: that kind of broadcast journalist. Yeah,
0: he was. A, yeah. And my sister was a crime reporter as well. So I grew up with like, what's the scoop?
1: Oh, my God. I know. You really were a scoop. You were were a little gumshoe in training. I
0: know. I know. So now when I'm like, I interview people about lizards. And my sister's like, I went to autopsies. I was like, yeah, yours is harder.
1: (laughs) Well, people need to know about lizards, too.
0: I mean, lizards have autopsies just as Chris.
1: Yeah. Here's one. (laughs) I know. That had, he died of... Water causes. Yes,
0: he died of water. Exactly. Osmosis. <laughs> Fatal osmosis. Exactly. But look at him. He lives on.
1: He lives on forever. He looks around over Wrapped the you. skull of St. George. I know. The like, tiny little dragon that he is.
0: I just, I'm. you need to name it and the badger. And then we'll. That's the a wolverine. Time. Wolverine? Mm-hmm. Well, wolverine's already got a name, doesn't he? He wolverine. sure does. I call, call him, him Logan. <laughs> He's that's, Logan. That's amazing.
1: I asked him when his claws come out, does it hurt? And he said, every time.
0: Every time.
1: Every time. Well,
0: just uh, don't mistake it for a ghost. A ghost wolverine would be brutal.
1: Boy, if April Richardson is listening, she just crapped her own pants. Yeah,
0: I know. What? A ghost wolverine? Are you fucking kidding me, dude? What? <laughs> Whoa, dude. Yeah, yeah, just in your in your cupboards. Real mess. Real yeah. Real mess. Not to mention ghost poops. You don't want to pick those up. No. Nope. Do ghost poop? I don't know. That's a great question. I'm going to ask someone.
1: I wonder if they... No, they wouldn't. I mean, that's the thing, is that like... Because... why why would I
0: know I know I feel um... if
1: you die like if there is a soul if there is this energy like why would it this is the idea, like, it was just in this mold for so long that it just came out, like, like, that's why it looks like a person? Like, why would that energy look like a physical person?
0: I know, I know. Maybe it's a, maybe their poops are ectopods.
1: With the clothes! Why would they fucking why have the, the clothes? clothes?
0: I know, but can you imagine if you had nude ghosts? Have you ever seen pictures of, like, a nudist colony? They're not all tense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to see old, naked, dead people. It
1: basically is just, like, in The Shining. You yes. know, where where he goes into the bathroom and is it like the old lady makes out with the lady. She's you know, yes. and then all of a sudden.
0: <laughs> I watched that when I was way too young for it, and I was like, "I've seen things Mm -hmm. I never want to see." But I do love that that trope in horror is like the worst thing that could happen is that you're making out with a hot lady, and then you pull back, and she's an old crone. (laughs) Like that's the worst. Like whatever Game of Thrones, like whatever. Just like (gasps) like good lighting is the nightmare of humanity. I thought (laughs) you were hot. But of course, yeah, with women, it's like the worst thing is like we're being chased by the guy with the axe. But for men, it's just like, you're a wizened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kill me now.
1: I know. But this that's is so why. Loud. We
0: started talking about oh. just so you
1: could get that. That is fucking hilarious. <laughs> this
0: is why we buy eye cream. Oh my God, that's so funny. Just moisturize. God
1: damn it. He's Everything about that sentence was just perfection it's true watch for it you'll see we're you'll not see. gonna top like that was brilliant and we're i don't know if we're gonna top that you and definitely same. win the podcast for all sorts of reasons, but people should uh, watch you on Innovation Nation. They should also listen to ologies and follow Aww. you at Ali Ward, A-L-I-E. Yep, that's Ward, where I'm at. Ward,
0: Yep, let me exhaust you with my travel schedule. Yes, and talk <laughs> about
1: science. And, you know, if you have questions, don't be afraid to ask. Uh, yes! Will- We'll give you any information that you need.
0: Smart. To- we always say on the podcast, ask smart people dumb questions. Yes. Before we all die, it's fine. We're all going to just ask it now.
1: I mean, as well. We were asking about ghost poops. Of
0: course, there are no dumb questions. No. So, yeah, no No shame and curiosity.
1: Right. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Allie Ward. Loved it. And uh, enjoy your ghost burrito. <laughs> it's
0: filled with ectoplasm.
1: ID
2: 10 T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. Welcome to Pura. The most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe
0: from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer land. There's no crime in Pura. No murder, no suicide, and best of all, there's no cost to join us in Pura. He promised to keep you safe. They killed her. You took everything. In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you here in Pura. The last city is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery.